Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 268 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. You can learn more at Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox, MyOmnipod.com forward slash Juicebox, or Dancing4Diabetes.com. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking with Jeannie. Now, Jeannie is the stepmother of a girl named Aubrey, who has type 1 diabetes. She's the foster mother of a girl named Jazzy, who has type 1 diabetes. She's the mother of a couple of adopted kids. She's a wife. She's everything. It's amazing. This episode starts with some discussion around what it's like to have a blended family and how to manage between... Well, you'll see. What am I going to do? Tell you the whole story right here? It's like a... Do you ever see a movie trailer and you get done watching it and you think, well, now I don't need to see the movie? Uh, and I was about to do that right here. I was about to tell you the whole story. Just listen. While you're listening, remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Those of you who have not checked it out yet on Facebook, Bold with Insulin, but there's a private discussion group just for podcast listeners to help each other and discuss some of the ideas that we talk about here on the show. If that sounds interesting to you, check it out. There's 1,100 users already. Hi, I am um, live in Arizona with my husband, and we have five children. Okay. Um, Can I stop for one second? You said, hi, yeah. I am, then it cut out, and then you said the rest. So I'd have everything but okay. your name, so just start over one more time. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm um, I live in Arizona with my husband and our five children. We have two daughters right now that are type one diabetic and three younger ones that are all adopted, but not, um, type one. Our oldest is my stepdaughter. Type one was diagnosed when she was 14. She's 17 now. Our second oldest is type one and she's actually our foster daughter who just moved in in October. So there's so much interesting stuff to talk to you about. So I can't wait. I'm very excited, actually. So uh, tell me first, before we get started, you should know that I didn't have the heart to tell Jeannie that her name kind of blanked out the second time that she introduced herself. Just kind of made me chuckle, and I kept it to myself. Anyway, I'm about to ask Jeannie a question, and then the podcast gets started. Did you contact me? I did. I was asking you, hey, I'd like to listen to a podcast of another blended family. And you're like, I don't have one. You want to do it? <laughs> <laughs> I blended you right into the podcast is what I did. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, so, I wanted to listen to one, Scott, not be on one. Thank right? You. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to get advice here, not give it. So hopefully <laughs> nobody thinks I have great advice. <laughs> well, it is my um, experience that your experience will be good advice. And our conversation might lead to something that you hadn't thought of before, because I might say something silly that strikes a chord. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to orient myself because my brain doesn't work as well as it should. Okay. You are married to a man who had children when you married him. Yes? He had one daughter. Yes. Aubrey is our oldest. Aubrey. Okay. And then you came in. Did you make the babies with him? A couple of them? No, 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 no. I have no biological children. Okay. So our oldest is my stepdaughter. Okay. Um, she was three when Matt and I got married. Right. So I've been around forever. And then we have our foster daughter and then our younger three are actually all adopted. Okay. So foster daughter comes second? No, foster daughter moved in about six months ago. Okay. See? See how I'm doing this? Yeah. All right. Let me start over. You marry a gentleman. What's his name? Do we say his name? Matt. Matt. We marry Matt. Matt has a three-year-old daughter. You know what? I got to get a pen. Hold on a second. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, no, don't We're be complicated. So... Hold on. I'm getting it. Hold on. Matt. Daughter was Aubrey. Yes. You're not impressed that I remember Aubrey's name from 18 seconds ago, but trust me, I am. And Good then, job. And thank you. Then you it, do you adopt one child to start? We adopted, yeah, we adopted an infant at birth. And how old was Aubrey when you made the first adoption? She was seven. Ah, okay. So four years later, you adopt. Oh, we adopt Hilden. Got him at birth. Then you get uh, the adoption bug and you keep going. The younger two are actually biological siblings. We got them at the same time. Okay. How, how long, how old is Aubrey then? 
Um, she is ten. See how I'm just uh, going to draw everything into Aubrey's. Yep. Okay. She'll so, like that. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> As would anyone else. And yeah. So okay. So now Aubrey's seven. We adopt a baby. Aubrey's ten. We go. You know, we haven't done in a while. Adopted a baby. Let's get two this time. Right. Now you have four children. Right. And we think we're done. And you're roll- <laughs> you're rolling along, and you're feeling pretty good about things. And now Aubrey's how old today? Today she's seventeen. She was sixteen when Jazzy, our foster daughter, came home. Ah, okay. So you and you took in a foster child last year, Jazzy, and Jazzy has type one as well. Yes. All right. Now everybody just take a breath. And then we're going to start start over again. Now we got this all straight. Okay. Okay. So, and by we, I mean, I finally understand that enough to talk to you. Okay. Perfect. So, yeah, perfect. I don't know how perfect it is. Maybe I could have just read the email. Dancing for Diabetes is an annual showcase of Central Florida dancers that has raised nearly one half of a million dollars for type one research. The 19th annual Dancing for Diabetes show will be held on Saturday, November 9th, at the Bob Carr Theater in Orlando, Florida. Tickets for the show range from $15 to $35 each. Just go to dancing4diabetes.com, click on the Newsroom tab, and there you will be whisked away to the exact place you'll need to be to buy these tickets. And have a great day. Dancing for Diabetes. It's my favorite diabetes charity. Go to dancing4diabetes.com. I am adopted, and I am grateful to the people who adopted me and I think it's a a beautiful wonderful and loving thing you did taking anyone's children in because let's face it our own children are irritating and when we take (laughs) in other people's children you think god they could end up being irritating in different ways that I'm not accustomed to Uh, right it, it is a big leap and it is a it's an amazingly warm and wonderful thing so thank you from all of us adopted people for being one of those people who might adopt somebody yeah, it's actually been a fun journey. So <laughs> I imagine it has. So let's sort of unpack that a little bit. So what's it like bringing um, an adopted baby into a house where you oh, – no, that's not the right place to start. Here's the right place to start. What's it like, okay. what's it like being a step-parent? So it's different today than it was when Aubrey was three. Mm-hmm. Um, when Aubrey was three, there was a lot. It was hard. Not because of Aubrey. Aubrey's always been an easy kid. She's – such a good kid and she always has been mm-hmm. but we just kind of we got married and instantly it was custody battles and arguments and that was hard because i'm not um i avoid confrontation like nobody's business mm-hmm. um so that was hard but being a stepmom to aubrey she's been great she is always a sweet little girl she's grown up to be a good uh, beautiful young woman she's a, like today honestly i can look at her and be like we're just a fun person mm-hmm. like i really enjoy her company so Aubrey's amazing. The other stuff that comes along with it, it's been hard. Just blended families are hard, I think, in every way. And, and, and this is, you know, we're trying not to, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything, but I want to right. understand the concepts, right? So yeah. there's a custody battle. Does that mean right. that you're just trying to become Aubrey's mother or the father's trying to get sole custody or what was trying to right. happen right there? So when Matt and I got married, he only had Aubrey two nights a month. Um, not because he did anything wrong, but he was told that was normal. And I walk in the picture. I feel like that's probably not the norm mm-hmm. for a dad who lives in the same city and is a good guy. Right. So we started the process. And now today we have half time. It was always our goal. We never wanted to take her away from her mom. She has a good mom Yeah. Um, who's in the picture. And we actually get along great now. Fine. But at the time, she was young and there was a lot of stuff and everybody was still on edge and, you know, hard. How old was Matt when you married him? I want to say 29 or 30. Okay. So he wasn't, he wasn't young, young, but he was. No. Right. And he had a a three-year-old. Can I ask how long he was divorced from Aubrey's mother when you met him or when you married him? Um, okay. So it gets complicated, right? So we met, (laughs) we met up in Alaska, actually. He was already friends with my sister and brother-in-law. So they, after Matt was left. And the divorce was happening. They brought him to Alaska. And they're like, You're, you need a break from Arizona. Come get a break from Arizona. And, you know, come to our little sister's wedding. Not mine. Not our little sister. And so I was up there. And I'm like, hey, your friend's going to be my date to the wedding. Because I'm not going to bring any of the guys here. And because so Alaska, I'm assuming. Right? right. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm going to go to Alaska. That right. sounds like a fun, you right. know, I've never done that. Right. So he goes to Alaska. And I, we keep talking. And so technically, he was still married. 
while we talked. Um, and the divorce was already in place and getting processed. Yeah. And so we got married. Uh, we dated for nine months, uh, some of that long distance. And then I moved to Arizona. Yeah. So we, he had been officially divorced, I think, for six months of that. Okay. Janine, very careful to make sure that you all know she's not a homewrecker. I know. <laughs> I am. I was not in the picture. <laughs> I just love that you went from Alaska to Arizona. Were you just like, what, well, I've lived right? in an incredibly cold, dark place now. Let's go to a bright, hot place. Right? I know. I, and by nature, I love green and uh, I love Alaska. So all of our vacations tend to be green and mountains and very nice. get a break from Arizona. Okay. So I feel like I'm understanding. And, and I, get, I get your point too, because I've, you know, listen, I've been a stay-at-home dad for 19 years. And if you told me that I could only be with my children 28 days of the month, I'd be very mm -hmm. upset. If you told me I could only be with them two days a month, I'd be very upset. Like there'd be no... It, it, I would want them to be with me constantly. I think a person who's not in a divorce situation um, who likes being around their family could never understand like, oh my gosh, like they won't always be with me. And so mm -hmm. I get, I get Aubrey's mom saying no. Totally. But yeah. Right. I, I would too. I, yeah. You could, and I, yeah. You could be the nicest person in the world and I'd be like, I don't want, no, right. I, not because no, of I don't you, want but to because share. I want her yeah. to be with me. Right. Yeah. And then once we had Hilden home, I, it took me a little while and I was like, oh, I get it better. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm not giving this kid to somebody else. And, right, right, it would right. be super hard. Yeah, yeah no. I get it. So how long does that take to become hmm, comfortable? The, just the blended family the 50, stuff? No, the 50-50 split. How long until you're not pissed about it one way or the other, no matter which side of it you're on? Um, it took a few years. I would imagine. Um, I had somebody give me advice. They're like, it took a good two years. And so at the two-year marker, it's like, it is not better yet. Mm -hmm. What is happening? What's wrong with all of us? <laughs> like, yeah. I think it was probably, um, you know, what I think a big turning point was at one point, we had a, um, all the kids, we had our kids at a private school mm -hmm. and they had their son at the same private school. Well, our boys, Hilden and their son, so Aubrey's mom and stepdad, their son is Hilden in the same class as our Hilden. Mm -hmm. And they're actually in the same classroom. Okay. So at that point, we were just two moms when we did stuff with the boys. We'd do class parties and yeah. field trips, and it just had to be okay. Like, our boys were friends. Yeah, what are you going to do, right? That's, yeah, that's we just excellent. had to, we, we all chose the school, so we just had to be okay with that. And how is, and I think that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I was going to ask how Aubrey dealt with it. Was she on a similar timeline, or did she go more quickly or slowly? Aubrey was really unaware of any issues that we had. Um, which is what we wanted. We were all actually always really good mm -hmm. on both sides, no matter what was going on, about not talking bad about the other one and respecting the other parents. And, and, and if Aubrey was saying something respectful, I would call her and be like, oh, you cannot talk about your mom that way. And I think that her mom's the same way. Okay. Um, so Aubrey was, I hope, and she describes it as being unaware. She didn't realize there were issues mm -hmm. um, until a lot later high, you know, older ages. So. Kind of fill her in afterwards as, as things aren't like that anymore. You can give her some historical If she asks, knowledge. we even now try not to, asking pointed questions for them. Yeah. But again, she's, she loves her mom and she loves her stepdad and her brother over there. So yeah. we don't ever want Aubrey to feel like she's, but if she's asking questions, she's 17, we can tell her the truth. So she's, she's asked some hard questions already. <laughs> so now Aubrey's diagnosed with type one at what age? At 14. 14. So not that long ago, three, mm -mm. three ish years ago. Coming up on her, a three year anniversary in May. Okay. So you are in a situation that people ask me about a lot. And, and so, I mean, you're covering, you cover a lot of bases. <laughs> Janine, I gotta tell you. So, so the one, so you, you've talked about now how to, you know, share custody in a way that doesn't cause horror, right? Right, and, right. And the idea that it takes time and that you have to be, you, you have to care about what's best for the child and, and, and not, yes. not so worried about yourself, which is a difficult thing to do as an adult. My, one of the more adulty things that I've had to do mm -hmm. is ignore how I felt for someone else. Right. I mean, that's just counterintuitive in almost every way, you, you know? Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. your, your kid goes away to college. It's, you know, here's how I feel, but that's not what's right for him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so there's a lot of that in there. So congratulations on being an adult because it's not easy. Uh, but, it's not. But, but now here's the next thing. 
she's diagnosed with a disease that takes an incredible amount of understanding, time, and management skills. I'm yep. just hearing from a mom this morning about I split time with my my you know my child's father, and I appear to be a little more you know reactive to type one than, than mm-hmm. the dad is. So I guess the first step is did does that happen? Like like how do you I gosh, where do I even want to start? Hold on a second. <laughs> Let me just like re-scramble my brain. When the diagnosis happens, is are are all of you in the room at the hospital? So yeah, Matt and I actually chaperoned a, a school class trip to um Knott's Berry Farm. So we had Aubrey the whole weekend before. Mm-hmm. Um and we noticed things, but we were, I, I, I had never heard of type 1, so I wasn't connecting that it was that. Yeah. So we got back, and we're like, go to the doctor. So mom took her. Mom took her to her you know, local pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the day of her eighth grade graduation, and they do it's private school, so they did like a big cap and gown. She was salutatorian. Big deal. She takes her to the doctor, and Matt gets a text from mom saying, they're saying she has type 1 diabetes, and I have to take her to the hospital. And so Matt... Matt plays everything down because if it's scary, he doesn't know how to deal with it. So he's like, well, I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. Like, they're probably overreacting. We don't know anything about type 1 diabetes. Plus it's only type 1. <laughs> type, like, 50 is probably bad. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of it, so it can't be that big of a Level deal. Level 1, you can, I can't even hear my stereo when it's turned to 1. Right. So this is probably fine. Right. Right. So he tells me this. I Google it. I'm like, uh, you better go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I have, a, you know, another kid to pick up. Cool. So I'm like, you go. You need to be there. He's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go. We'll see, you know, see what this is about. And they get to the hospital and they confirm, yeah, this is type one for sure. And they teach her how to do an injection of insulin. Very, very basic information. She was not in DKA. Thank goodness. Okay. Um, and they send her home. And she graduates from eighth grade that night and is the salutatorian and gives her speech. And <laughs> she's on her way. Well, you know, yeah. yeah. So um, they had put contact with an endo who so we were supposed to see him i think a couple days later and he moved appointments around and was able to get her in i think not the very next day but the next one and so matt was out of town he was out of state already because we didn't know we had this appointment so for that appointment and from all the training it was either me and you know mom and stepdad or all four of us and what what do you do when the information strikes you differently than it strikes someone else, or you absorb it quicker or slower than the other person. Like, because I, it makes me think of a time that Arden's blood sugar was very low when she was young and we're in the middle of the night. It's, you know, God knows three o'clock in the morning. We have her like in her diaper wrapped in a blanket, seated, you know, seated on the countertop in our kitchen. And there was this, I had a food in my hand and my wife had a food in her hand. And both of Mm -hmm. us believed that we had chosen the correct food to save our daughter's life. And, mm-hmm. and we stood there and argued about which one it was. And, and either yeah. of them would have worked, by the way. And yeah. neither of us was right or wrong. But you have this incredible feeling like I've been taught and I know and this is my inclination. So this is right. Mm-hmm. And, and if you are disagreeing with me, you are attempting to kill my child. Uh, and so, <laughs> right. and it, because you go from like zero to a million miles an hour, right? Like right, hour. right. So yeah. I am, I am interested. Did that happen? Did you guys learn together? Did you learn separately? Um, so they gave us training, and we did all of that together. Um, all of us were there learning about glucagon and all that. So so we learned all the basics together. And I think at first, because mom is a nurse, RN, so I kind of took a back row. And Matt naturally does because he's like, it's medical, you know, we'll figure it out, of course. But let's give her leeway to just kind of make a lot of the decisions at first because she does, she wasn't familiar with type one, the geriatrics. Um, but we're like, but she has a medical background, so it's going to make more sense to her faster. And so we took a back seat to a lot of, and just kind of let her make a lot of those decisions. Obviously, if she's here, Aubrey was here at the house, mm-hmm. we made decisions. We weren't calling mom in the middle of the night. Um, but she became I, the de facto I, I, leader of the diabetes tribe. You're like, yeah, let's make yeah. her president, right? Yeah, and it wasn't even discussion. Kind of a, a natural. Um, you guys just I, drifted I was tra- to the back I, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I was trying not to step on her. T- yeah. Um, Aubrey and I love her. I know, I know she's going to get the best care. Right. So why would I step on toes to make this about me needing to be involved? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I did that for a long time. 
mom would fill all the prescriptions and just give us half and a bill. And mom would make the appointments and we would go. And so we were involved and we care for her, but we didn't, um, we didn't really take the lead on anything for a long time. Okay. So, so you, you basically did what I suggest a lot of families do in, in, you know, classic situations, which is someone should be in charge and someone should be learning it but in the background that you can't have two voices yeah. yelling at the same time. Right. And right, so you, right. You very nice. See now it's funny. You describe yourself as like, it's confusing and it's blended, but you guys make a lot of good decisions along the way. Like there's any point in your story so far, we've been talking for 20 minutes at any point in this story. If you were, you know, someone who pried a man away from her husband, then you guys wouldn't all be sitting in the room happy together. Right. Right. If, right. If, if Aubrey, um, mom didn't have, um, you know, a, a medical background. You guys may have all like fought for a piece of the pie when it happened. Like there's right. so many, like you had a lot of good luck in this mm-hmm. very confusing situation and you made a lot of good decisions so far. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I feel like Aubrey's gotten the best care possible to do. Um, yeah, because sure. we do work, we do work well together. It's obvious. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, unless you're lying about something, but I don't think you would be. <laughs> I mean, we don't always agree on everything. Right. Because we're different parents, different parenting styles. But as far as diabetes, you guys are Aubrey's like got, yeah, right. we're on the same page, I believe. And it, it actually wasn't until I started listening to your podcast that I'm like, I feel like we could do better. Oh. I feel like we could keep her numbers lower. I feel like we don't need to be scared of keeping her lower. So, and then Aubrey and I start talking about it more. I'm like, what about this? What, what would you want to do? I kind of just a little older at that point. She'd been diagnosed for about a year. She's pretty independent with a lot of it mm-hmm. um, because she goes back and forth, I think. and. And naturally, she's like, well, I'll just do it. I know how. How, do, how does Aubrey's mom take it the first time you say to her, hey, I have some ideas about Aubrey's medical care I learned online from a stranger? Right. Well, I actually haven't said that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I talked to Aubrey about it because at this point, Aubrey's pretty independent. And I'm like, what would you think about trying to keep your numbers lower? Um, I feel like maybe we were doing the safety thing. We were taught keep it around you know, 170. Mm-hmm. That's safe. Lower than 80, that's scary. She could die. Yeah. Um, like you, um, they do that because they don't know how involved you're going to get. They don't want your kid to die. So they do teach you the basics. And, but from listening to the podcast, and I had Aubrey start listening to it, and certain episodes will send her and be like, oh, listen to this one. But it's just Aubrey and I texting about it and talking about it. And um, it kind of has naturally now stepped. I wouldn't say I'm more involved in her mom, but I'm a lot more involved than I was. Well, be- uh, because you've changed your management ideas, right? You've gone yeah. from like, let's put the insulin in and we'll test again in a few hours to let's be a little more fluid and reactive and, and mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah. And that takes, and okay. So you guys are doing it together. Um, you know what? And help me a little bit. When you say mm-hmm. you split time 50, 50, it's, mm-hmm. it's weekly, right? Like there's a couple yeah. days here, then a couple days there. Yeah. Week on, week off. Oh, it's one week and then one week. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so that's not as jarring as like yeah. three days, then two days, then like all those broken kind of. Yeah. Some people's um, custody agreements are are mind numbingly confusing. You know. Oh, and ours was sure for a long time. So you learned from <laughs> so that. Even. Did, did did that change because you learned from it, or because Aubrey got older, or what? What stopped? Um, the schedule. Yeah, like kind of instead of bouncing back and forth, what made you go to week on week off? So actually, when Aubrey was younger, we stopped fighting for custody and fighting because it was she was about eight, and she was kind of starting to notice the you know issues between parents. Mm-hmm. And so Matt and I decided, we I don't want to ruin her childhood. Yeah. We don't want her whole childhood wrapped up in custody battles, and we don't want to keep fighting with her mom. So we actually settled for about a third of the time when she was eight. So and it was a really confusing schedule, and it, she bounced around. She was here Wednesdays and then every other weekend, but not Thursdays. Like it was super confusing. So it wasn't actually until. Aubrey was 15. It was just a couple of years ago where she's like, she went to her mom and said, I want more time with my dad. I, w- I don't want more than you. Yeah, she got to make the decision then. It's not that we don't want Aubrey more, but we don't want her whole childhood ruined because we had advice. Somebody told us along the way, hey, yeah, childhood is so fun and getting as much time as you can is great, but they're going to be an adult a lot longer than they're going to be a kid. And if you ruin their childhood with custody battles, yeah. they're not going to want to be there. You know, they're an adult. Let's not waste any time. We're going to get right to it. Request a free experience kit today. A free pod experience kit. 
from Omnipod. Free and no obligation experience kit. Did you know that? It's not like if you have them send out the kit, you're locked in or something like that. Not the case. This is just a demo. Omnipod is thrilled to send you. You just, you know, myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. First name, last name, zip code, email address, preferred phone number, type of diabetes. I certify I'm 18 years of age. I acknowledge the HIPAA policy. I authorize and request my kit. Boom, right to your house. Comes the mail. I don't know if you've heard about this thing about the mail. Crazy. You give something to someone, give them a couple of bucks. You're like, yo, would you take this across the country for me? They say, yeah, no problem. And then it happens. Bonkers, right? Anyway, you fill out that information at the link. Omnipod's going to take your experience kit, your free demo Omnipod that you can try on and wear and see how you enjoy. They're going to take it to one of these mail people. These magical people are going to transport to wherever you live. Anywhere that you live, right? Actually, is it anywhere? You know what? No, you got to be resting in the United States. Anyway, anywhere in the United States that you live, these magical people will bring your free experience kit right to your home where you can try it myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. I am telling you, do it now. It's free and there's no obligation. Even if you get the thing and just stick it to your forehead for fun, what do you care? It didn't cost you anything. Give it a shot. I think I probably have to say here that the FDA does not approve the Omnipod being worn on your forehead. That was farcical. I hope you understood that. Yeah, forcing a kid to be with you only to turn them into an adult that doesn't like you is not a great idea. Right. So we kind of took that to heart and we're like, okay, so she wants more time. Great. But let's just make this that, you know, utilize the time we have and be a family when she's here and just keep, you know, we're still, even when she wasn't here, it wasn't technically our time. We'd go to the class parties. We'd, it's not like we were absent time she wasn't here, but it was a super confusing schedule that we were able to simplify just a couple of years ago because Aubrey kind of yes. decided. Yeah. Good for you. Well, that's excellent. Okay. All right. So, all right. This is a lot. I'm unpacking. I know. Got I'm getting it. Don't worry. And um, okay, so let's go to this for a second. What about the podcast made sense to you? Like, what did you hear that you thought, wow, that sounds reasonable. I should be trying that. Um, I think the first thing that we tried, and it was Aubrey and I talking, what do you think about this idea of pre-bola thing? Because nobody had talked to us about that. Um, so I was like, it means, you know, and so we kind of, I know I'm not supposed things, but I actually listened to you say to somebody, no, no, Jenny Allen or Jenny, he said to you, well, if I'm this high, I will stick for him. If I'm this, so I wrote it down. I'm like, let's start here. <laughs> was that with Jenny Smith, the CD? Jenny Smith. Yes. Yeah. I think that, it was Jenny. And she kind of just gave like some sort of a breakdown for what she does. Yeah. And you thought, okay, well, and, it's a place to start. Yeah. Okay. I took that and said, let's start here and try this. And so that's now Aubrey's at school and she's texting me daily, not just when she's with us, like her and I are texting back and forth daily. She's like, okay, I'm at this. And I can see on the CGM. Um, okay. You have lunch in 20 minutes, pretty high. So let's go ahead and give your bolus. Do this now, you know, and even, so we just kind of started from there and it, and, and, it, and I will say I'm the only stay at home parent out of the four parents. So if she needs supplies at school or she needs something, I'm three miles away right. and I'm the one that she would call, um, because I'm right here. Um, so naturally I've stepped up more in those things just, but it's just Aubrey and I kind of deciding, yeah, let's lower, let's lower your threshold. Why are, why are we waiting till 170? Um, and she'll go home and tell her mom and it's not a secret. Um, she'll go home and talk to her mom about it. Make sure she's aware of the, Hey, I'm I'm lowering my threshold. I'm going to get my alarms earlier. But because Aubrey's so independent, a lot of times it's just Aubrey fixing. Not even, I, I, I try to give her when she was first diagnosed and first got the CGM, she would have four parents texting her, are you okay? And she didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. Oh my gosh. Can I know. So we all had to learn like, okay, space to try and do this before any of us stepped in. And now I think it's just mom and I. What, um, what does she have? Does she, has a, does she have a pump? She has a pump. She has the T-Slim. Okay. And she's using C, uh, uh, Dexcom? Dexcom, yep. Okay, great. I just happened to, I was just at the... Um, Omnipod headquarters the other day, and I got to see some software that's about to come out where they're gonna, they'll be, you'll be allowed to have followers, so you'll be able to see when the insulin went in and stuff like that, and and how much. Yes. Which, so she's. Um, which I, I tried talking her into text. the Omni. Yeah. yeah, I tr- I tried talking her into the Omnipod when 
first picked out a pump and she's like, oh, I don't know. And now she's, dang it, I can't even get another one. Now she's waiting until next August is her plan is to get the Omnipod. Gotcha. Well, um, look out. Sometimes they have switching specials where they, they kind of help you get out early. Yeah. So if that pops up, yeah. that's a great idea. Um, yeah. I just was just bringing it up because I think it's amazing to now people will be able to see like, oh, I, you know, I sent a text that said you should bolus this much and now I can see it actually happened. Yeah, that'd be super amazing yeah, to actually see. Which is great, you know. She's doing well on her own. And how long have you been at this kind of new way of thinking about it? Um, maybe a little less than a year. Maybe, yeah, about probably maybe about a year ago. I kind of was like, what if we try this stuff? Okay, so what and are you seeing in changes in variability, like, you know, from highs to lows? And what are you seeing in A1C? Her A1C has come down. I cannot honestly, I try to send dad to appointments because that's one of our blended family things. I'm like, you know, you go to appointments, it just is easier uh, with the personalities, I think, for him to go and just kind of relay the information to me. Okay. Um, so I send him, so he'll often be on his phone the whole time texting me. Okay, they said her A1C is this. Okay, they said this. Keeping me in the loop. Um, you basically so said a walkie-talkie with the button pushed. <laughs> I know, I know. And this last appointment, I know. And this last appointment, when I actually went because he was out of town, I was like, I don't know. We should probably just do this. It's much easier <laughs> than you trying to remember what they say. Um, Gene, sometimes so we'll boys are just boys. You know what I mean? I like, know. You, yeah, you, it's hard to break them of some of their boy things. I, I, I know. He's a great dad, but he's like, just medical stuff. I just don't get it all. So, exactly. I mean, at, at, for sure here at the house, I am the one getting up with the girls in the middle of the night. Okay. It's, you know, I, I'm the hands-on one with right. all the diabetes stuff here at our house. So he's like, it just makes sense for you. Maybe because it went fine. You should just do that. <laughs> okay, we'll see. <laughs> Trying to pass it off. So we'll see. And so her A1C has come down. She feels more confident. And I know she's catching things. Um, catching it. She's increasing her basal. She's spending it. She's doing, you know, she, we're just learning so much more. Good. Where That's she's confident. Great. And and yeah. she didn't have any trouble. Like, what was her first inclination when you said, Hey, maybe we could stop your blood sugar from getting so high? Was she like, Yeah, right on, or did she she's like oh. Yeah, she's all about um slightly competitive. We had all kind of stepped back a little too much. And so when I was like, Let's try this and this, she's like, Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not expected to do this by myself. Okay. Um because she's back and forth. There's only so much control any of us can really have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we had all maybe put it on her a little too much. Yes. It's just my opinion. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So I've spent a lot of time talking about that recently with different uh, different people. So uh, a nurse brought it up to me at something I was talking, I was speaking at a thing, and, and I had mentioned that, you know, that there was a question that came from the audience, well, how involved are you in this? And I said, well, I'm, I think I'm appropriately involved considering my daughter's 14 and she has mm-hmm. a disease that requires you to use man-made insulin to keep it common. Like it's, I, I, I think sometimes people want to be re- mm-hmm. removed from it. And yeah. And she's a, she's a super responsible kid. So it's easy to think, oh, she all this. Yes. It's, it's, it's the same, uh, it's the same gear that causes sometimes parents to make this mistake in a, a larger family. So if you have um, a kid who maybe struggles with homework you give, yeah. and you have one that doesn't, you give all the help to the one that struggles. And then the one that doesn't sometimes is like, I, I would like help too. Mm-hmm. You know, or, yeah. or it would be nice. You, you can overestimate how well yeah. they're doing, right? And, and I think that something I used to see online more than I see now is that people want very much to give their children credit for their bravery which mm-hmm. shouldn't be undervalued. But at the same time, I like to remember that people aren't brave because they want to be. They're frequently, mm-hmm. when you're brave, you're brave because you are forced to be. Right. Uh, you know, so it's fine to say, look at them, you know, stiff upper lip, they're doing great and everything. But that doesn't mean that it's not difficult or that they couldn't use help. And right. I was speaking just this past weekend with uh, Jeff Hitchcock, who is the, you know, the founder of... Um, children children with diabetes the friends for life conference and mm, you know and okay. all those places and he was uh, speaking about research that he's seen that says not only should parents stay involved if they want a healthier child with type 1 but much longer than you think even mm-hmm. into their 20s they could still very much need your assistance you know in well, some, yeah. some way uh, i'm yeah. not saying you should still be telling them that you know dinner's six units but right. but you you can't 
it's not it's not the sort of thing you should just extract yourself from. Right. And I don't think any of us did it intentionally, but I think over time it, it was like, yeah. well, she's going back and forth between homes and, and not that if she wasn't low, we wouldn't text and be like, are you okay? Do you need anything? And I'm still up in the middle of the night if she needs a juice box. Mm-hmm. It was last night. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was just a natural thing. And then, and then when I stepped back in, I almost, and then she never told me this, but I just felt like it was almost a relief. Okay. I'm not on my own yet. Like it's not all on my shoulders. It takes a little bit off you. That's right. Yeah. So I tried to stay involved. So let me you ask know, you like, this. When you texted me or when you emailed me and said, I have questions, I hope somebody from a blended family could come on and answer. What were your questions? Have you been thinking to yourself, you know, these closed loop systems are starting to come out for insulin pumps. Omnipod is saying that, you know, their horizon system will be out in 2020 and other companies are following suit. But all these systems use a Dexcom CGM and I don't have one. Have you been thinking about that? Have you considered that the InPen, even if you don't want an insulin pump, also works with the Dexcom? Or what about just the Dexcom, right? What about just the continuous glucose monitor that allows us to make decisions here at my house that are astonishing? For instance, Arden went to a homecoming dance on Saturday. We didn't go with her. We didn't worry about her. My wife actually dropped her at the school and then went out to dinner with a friend. Nobody's sitting outside of the school hoping nothing goes wrong or waiting for a panicked phone call about my blood sugar's low or what do I do? Nothing. My daughter was free to enjoy the dance and every once in a while my wife and I just picked up our phones and checked on her. Now my wife was checking on her from a restaurant nearby. I was four hours away at my son's baseball game. We were both watching Arden's blood sugar so she could free and easy enjoy a high school dance. And we did it with those share and follow features that Dexcom offers that's available for Android and iPhone. You're going to want to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to find out more about the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. The diabetes world is moving forward and it's moving forward with Dexcom. There are links available in your show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. And I understand that this might be a big move for some of you and it might be nerve wracking but please take it from me. Don't be scared. Dexcom is amazing. I guess I was wanting to see how another family handles, like, who goes to the appointments, like I told you about. Like, Mm -hmm. I try to step back off, but really, I'm the one involved. I go and ask the questions. I'm giving Matt and Aubrey questions to relay about insulin stuff, and then they come home, and they're like, oh, she said something about that. You weren't helpful. (laughs) <laughs> no. Do you want me to move but you all back to Alaska? <laughs> I know. I was like, could I write you a list and have her just fill in the answers? I don't know. So, <laughs> so when I went, <laughs> right? So when I went this last time, it, it was helpful because I was there. To send with right. <laughs> Please give me write down the answers as she says them. So, so I wanted to see that and whose subscriptions because we would run out of things and Mom would have a ton of it. So, kind of set up our we now now we kind of set it up where we'll pick up in the even months, you pick up in the odd months because you're getting plenty. Mm-hmm. Like they gave us a huge prescription. We both kind of have a stock now, right. but let's just, that way it's not, I don't go to fill one and it's already filled. Or so you we kind open of a, a drawer and it's not there or right. trying to keep this balance between these two homes, right? Yeah. Who, who's dealing with insurances and supply companies? Like, so it's those things that I was like, the day-to-day stuff, like we already, the blended family stuff we've been doing for a long time. Yeah. But this stuff is new and I, and, and I think we've kind of settled into a routine even since I emailed you a little more of one of what, what are we, how well, manage the diabetes stuff? I would like to suggest Kevin. that you people are pretty good at this. You maybe should trust <laughs> yourselves a little more when you have questions, because I actually know a person whose child gets shuttled back and forth a couple times a week and they won't even let clothing go to the other house. Mm, yeah. So poor kid shows up in an outfit and when they mm-hmm. get there, then begins to use the clothes from the one parent's house. And when they return to the, the the initial home they came from, they have to return in the clothes that they showed up in. Because the one person can't trust the other person not to just start hoarding all the clothes and not giving them back. Right. I yeah, mean, that. Can you imagine? Hard. I mean, geez, I just, ugh, I would just bang my head against the wall continuously. No, that, that stuff's difficult. And, there's, I don't, and I will say, we have one of the better blended families. I know there are tons of bad ones out there and it would be way harder. So we are blessed. If I need to, I can send mom a text and say what I need to make a decision now mm-hmm. about supply order. Right. I just did that recently. Hey, this is how much the supplies are. They want me to place the order right now. 
too good with that. You know, and I'm okay. She's okay with me doing that. And you guys can kind of just text back and forth and you're in contact and. Yeah. And we don't do it a ton. We don't need to do it a ton. Right. Um, but we can. So. And if, and if Matt needed to accept dad or mom, it's okay. totally fine. Like we can do that. So back then so. you were wondering about who should I send to the appointment? You just made a decision, sent somebody to the appointment. You're seeing how that's yep. going now. You're considering adjusting it a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. is the real advice to people just try something and and then stay fluid about it? Like don't don't set it yeah. in stone and, and keep moving? I guess though if – I think I don't know because you, you just do. don't know. Every situation is so different. But I guess I would just do whatever's best for the kid because I asked Aubrey about this last appointment that I went to. I'm like, is that a big deal? I said, because if I dad, if I don't go, dad can't go. So no, neither of us go, and I feel like we're missing information we need. Right. She's like, no, you should totally go, and it was fine. Okay. Like, great. why would you not go? You should. Now she's like, you should probably just go to all of them. Okay. Okay. So. All right. And so what, I. What else? Anything else? Um, I don't think I'm an expert. So. You don't think you're <laughs> an expert? No, no. What were you no. think? I. What were you wondering <laughs> back then? What, what were you hoping to oh, flip on um, a, a, a podcast about and hear somebody say that would make you go, oh, thank. Goodness, somebody's finally said this to me. I can just do it like this. That's a lot of it. It was just the logistics of it. Like, I, I want to make sure I wasn't overstepping uh, because she has a mom. I'm not trying to, re- I'm not, I'm not mom. Right. But in our house, I'm mom role. Does that make sense? Like, well, it not only makes other- sense, it, it leads me to a question I've been dying to ask you since we've been talking. Okay. When you come into a, a child's life when they're three, I assume while we're not measuring, you love Aubrey just as deeply and thoroughly as her mother does, and probably in the same motherly way, right? Like, you don't... Like, yeah, I love Aubrey just like all of my kids. Right. Like, right. there's zero... Yeah, I don't distinguish at all. And so that's why when we got to the McGuire, you know I can do this. Like, I, it's not going to be hard for me to love another kid. Look, I do. Like Right. No, no. Yeah, sure. Let's just keep going now. Like, let's fill it up. But, but no, I mean, I want people to understand that, like... I mean, listen, I'm 47. My mom's in her 70s. She doesn't treat me one ounce differently than she does her, the, my brothers who are, you know, natural totally. children to her. And, and so it is, really to be, it is really to be understood that you are in an incredibly difficult situation, the same incredibly difficult situation that her mother's in, although her mother's probably mm-hmm. got it. You know, if we had to score them, hers might be a little higher since right. she came from her. You, you know, right. but still, you're both living with almost the exact same feelings for this person I, who gets bounced yeah. back and forth, who's been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, who you want to take really good care of, and so does she. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think she would recognize that too Yeah. at this point. She would agree that I love Aubrey and we only want what's best for her and we, you know, yeah, totally. But mm-hmm. I'm, okay. I don't know, I don't know how to describe my role in Aubrey's life. Like, well, I'm not your mom. Right. But I do all the mom stuff a lot of the time. I have all the feelings. Yeah. It's an interesting role. I don't, I never pictured myself being a stepmom and I didn't have a stepmom. So I'm, I honestly have sought out other moms. I'm like, how do you do this? Yeah. Because other stepmoms, because I'm like, it's, this is hard to share a kid. Cause like you were describing how mom doesn't want to share. I didn't either. Like I was like, well, she should be here. Right. In my heart, I wanted her here all the time. Everyone feels like that. And yeah. And yet that can't be the situation unless exactly. you guys just got way progressive and all moved into the same house, which would be freaky. And I would absolutely watch that TV show, by the way, if you guys did that. Let's kind of jump off of Aubrey for a second. Sorry, Aubrey, we're done with you now. And and uh, and ask, and, and I, I hate to, to skip over the, the twins, but they don't have diabetes. No. So, no, uh, totally, yeah. Yeah, we're not completely skipping over them, but... How does it come to your attention that there's a child in the foster system who has type one? Totally random. We have a friend who's a caseworker. She's not Jazzy's caseworker, but she is a caseworker and had met Jazzy, um, you know, just through different things. Mm-hmm. And she in passing says to me, and she knows we've adopted, she knows us well, like she in passing, you guys ever take a, um, a 13 year old with type one? She's been in a group home for three years and she's such a good kid and she just wants a family. and and I, she knows me well enough that I looked at her and said, I think that sounds great, but you know Matt, probably going to say no. I'll run it by him. Because <laughs> I'm all about great. Matt's always been like, nope, we're done. Me, Four is enough. We're totally me, done. Let me jump on Matt's side for a second. I, uh, my parenting style is I begin with no. Everything is no. If you said to me, hey, Dad, the house is on fire. Should we get out? I'd be like, no. And then yeah. I back down from no. I go through all the bad reasons. I'm a, I think backwards. Totally. I, I think through things uh, maybe – Maybe this is, I don't know if this is consistent with men or people. I don't know what it is, but 
I start with why I wouldn't do something and I get to why I would. Right. Um, and so while, while Kelly starts with why we should do something and, right. you know, in the case of yeah. getting a dog, never got to the part why we shouldn't. And that's why I now have dogs that I take care of while they're downstairs <laughs> at me taking I think, care of them. Yeah, I think Matt and I are similar where I'm like, yeah, let's do it all in. That Come sounds on. nice. That- Young girl, That's, been in a group home yeah. for three years. She needs a family. We're a family. Let's do it, man. He's like, what about the money and the insurance? Right. And the, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I always say, by the way, if I was married to someone exactly like me, I'd be really broke. Like, because I, <laughs> you know, or not. Like, because I make good decisions about some things and other things, no. I'm incredibly cheap about some stuff and incredibly not about other things. Right. Like, like yes. last weekend. I took an incredible amount of pleasure in finding uh, socks that I liked in a buy one, get one free situation. And I mean, to the point where I called my wife, I was, I was away. I was off watching my son play baseball in a, you know, and my wife uh, had to go back a little earlier than I did. So he had a day off and I, uh, I sent her a text message jokingly. Um, this is being recorded around the time that we, uh, we find out about the owner of the Patriots and his uh, visits to the massage parlors in Florida. And I said uh, to my wife, I said, some guys might be out getting a massage. And I put it in quotes. I'm like, I'm out getting buy one, get one free socks right now. <laughs> and so proud of myself because I have found socks with just the right bounce and cushion at half the price. Um, and so I, but then, you know, if I see something that I think is valuable, I don't stop and think about it for some reason. My brain is like sp- yeah. split right down the middle, you know? Yeah, Matt can do that. This is an investment. Fixing right. up the K- K5 blazer, this is an investment, but your purse is not, so. <laughs> we cannot invest in your purse. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so you, I'm assuming get Matt alone in a room and talk him into Jazzy, right? Is that how you handled it? Well, no, I didn't have to. So I come home and I honestly didn't, but I told her I would mention it. I, well, I'm honestly already on board with the idea, but I did not, I did not think he would agree. I did not think this would be even a discussion. So I I mentioned it. We're watching the kids swim. They have a pool. So we're watching the younger three swim. So we're just sitting there and I'm like, so, you know, Kelly mentions this girl and, you know, she's in a group home and she has type one. She's had it for a while. So he starts asking me questions and he's like, we well, should ask her. And I'm like, I don't feel like I should text her questions unless we're considering this. And he's like, well, how can we not? She has type one. Ah. I'm like, are you serious? Really? <laughs> Matt okay, has, Matt on. has experienced the change of knowing someone with type one diabetes. He's like, she's all alone. Yes. Yep. I'm like, oh, okay. And so we call Aubrey down. I talk to you. Like, am I in trouble? No, come talk to us. Uh, what do you think about this? And I, I Aubrey, logistics of our house, she would have to be the one to share a room. Never, she's never in either home shared a bedroom before. Mm-hmm. Um, she's never had to. She's always been the oldest. And things like, so I, we call her down, we tell her about Jazzy. She's like, well, we're doing it, right? I'm like, okay, you both need to stop and think this through. Like, I feel like this is not the response I, got, I expected from either of you. Isn't this funny how you turned on a dime and you were like, hey, you people are being way too reactive right now. Uh, well, because I, I know I'm all in. I'm like, with Aubrey, I'm like, it's not just sharing a bedroom. You're sharing your siblings. When you're not here half the time, she'll still be here. Mm-hmm. When You're sharing your grandparents. You are, I mean, everything. Dad hey, and I. She might end up being a better it. kid than you and you might slide down on the favorite kid list. You never know. Right. Yeah. Holy. I think I'm pretty sure Matt said something like that. <laughs> um, they're very sarcastic. Um, who even was like, we need to, so I made Aubrey take a few days and think about it. But in the background, Matt and I were talking and asking questions. Caseworker we knew. Mm-hmm. And she's answering questions and telling us more details and um, as much as she could. And so I was actually um, about to leave for Africa with our church for 10 days. So like, Let's not meet her right now. I don't want to meet her and then disappear. Um, that's not good for her. So we waited till I got back from America and met her like the next week. Right. And and we were introduced. So she already had a couple families fall through that started the process and changed their minds, which oh. is heartbreaking. Yeah. And so house group home managers are amazing. And they introduced us as they just they have a daughter with type one and they just want to mentor you and just be another person in your life that can help you with your type one. And so we took her out to dinner under that, you know. Sort of that, that, that veil of, 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 you know, not, not, not wanting to put her in a situation where she could get let down again. Yeah, totally. We just wanted to protect her and meet her. And, and I think before we even met her, Matt and I knew we were 
do this. We knew that this was going to happen. Okay. But we're not going to put her in a position where she could be hurt again. So we waited a while and we visited to go with us to like Aubrey's volleyball games and um, kind of hang out. And at one point we were driving because we had her continuously, it was just kind of visits more and more. And we were giving her a lot of flexibility on, oh, if something's happening at the group home, you want to do that? Great. But if not, you want to come over here? Great. And we start sleepovers and things like that. And at one point we were driving and I'm like, so Matt and I would like you to spin. And, and whatever that looks like, if, if it's adoption, great. If it's, you want us to just foster you, great. If you want us to help you reunify with moms, this is something we can help mom learn how to do. Great. Right, right. What do you think about that? She's like, yeah, I'll move in. Fully casual about it. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm like getting all emotional. This is like a moment. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. I'll she's move like, in. She's like, whatever, lady. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. And I think now that I know her better, that's just her, her way. Right. Um, even if she was emotional about it, she wouldn't have told me at that point because she didn't know me well enough. Mm-hmm. So we get to know her and she moves in. Um, well, gosh, I got back. We met her in September. She was moved in by the end of October. So we rearranged rooms and bought beds. Crazy town. Yeah. Yeah. And how long yeah. ago was that now? Uh, this past October. Oh, hold on a second. December, December. Like six months? Really? Five months? I was halfway there. Was, Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's, I kind of thought you might ask that. The, oh, so, so I think I did the math yesterday. Look at you. You actually looked at the, yeah, you're like, let me look on the calendar and see. And overall, how is it going? Going great. Yeah. She's a good kid. Um, she's a, if it was easier, I would think she's taking it. Like she's a good kid. Mm-hmm. Not that she's not a 13 year old girl. Because there's all kinds of other just parenting stuff that comes with that. Yes. Um, so even beyond type one, there's stuff. And we're adjusting. And um, the kids are still, I mean, we changed birth order. So that's a huge thing for kids, especially adopted kids. Um, yeah, you, so slid in, you slid in an older person, right? The, yeah. Yeah, we changed birth order. So jazz fits between, you know, the o- older two. And that hasn't been our dynamic. Right. But it's going well. Like. So with Aubrey, it took, it's taking more time for them to just get to know each other because she's gone every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just taking more time. Plus, that's a weird young, age dynamic, too, 17 It is. 13. It is. All of a sudden, you're like, and you're sharing a room. Have fun. Yeah. And they're both doing well with it. I think Jazzy was more used to it because she's already sharing a room with three other girls. So she's kind of was like, all right, fine. Yeah, and, she just and gave Aubrey's, a third of space. She's pretty, yeah, she's pretty. Yeah. Right. One every other week, she has her own room. So I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So the younger kids, when we approach them with the idea, I'm pretty sure our youngest, Anna, the six-year-old, she's like, okay, so when is my new sister moving in? Like, just, this is just like, okay, this is just something mom and dad do. Just, you know, okay, we're bringing home a new kid. Perfect. And they moved on. Do you imagine that you'll adopt her eventually if things continue? They're open to adopting her at at over the age of 12 in the Arizona foster has a say. And right now, her first choice is to reunify with mom because they have not severed rights. Oh, okay. Um, and so she still does visits with mom every weekend. And I think it's moving to severance. Um, I, I actually am the one that kind of fought for them not to last court date because I was like, you guys aren't giving her a chance. We just got her a CGM. We just are getting her technology. What if mom can handle this? Right. I mean, I asked Jazzy if I was allowed to say these things. I said yes. Um, and actually, after that court date, when I thought I was doing such a good thing, I thought I was helping her out. Like, we could help her reunify. We just want what's best for her. Yeah, of course. If that's adoption, like, that's fine. If we can help mom learn how to manage diabetes, great. We will do that. Right. After that visit, mom started pushing Jazzy really hard to let us adopt her. Because I think she knows she's not going to figure it out. It's been three years. And there's other things. Like, Jazz not, Jazz is not a citizen. So this would give, if we adopted, we'd get her citizenship. Like, things like that. Um, where I don't think mom can provide for her and she sees I feel that. like her mother might feel like even though she might want her back, there's a better life yeah. for her with you. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to describe that to Jazzy as, Hey, look at the younger two. Their mom loves them. Their birth mom loves them, but she picked us because she couldn't afford to feed them. Like that's what your mom's trying to do for you. I think in the best way she knows how, but you're when you're 13 and you're hearing that from your mom, that's so it just hard. Sounds like rejection that you know, so hard that it's, age. Right. it's so hard so you know we have that stuff and that stuff comes up so i was shocked that was the case and now we're kind of backpedaling like okay if that's not an option then yeah we're open to adopting and we still are but jazz hasn't decided basically <laughs> so in six months what kind of an impact have you had on jazz's diabetes care 
Well, so I will say her last endo, from all accounts, everything I've heard was not as good as our current endo. We've switched her. Okay. That alone, I think, huge. She kept, she would feel like she went to endo appointments and got beat up and yelled at for an hour mm-hmm. or fifty, you know, twenty minutes, and told she's not doing good enough, and then gets sent away with a prescription. He never suggested a pump. He never suggested a CGM. She's had this since she was seven. He saw her for three years and never once suggested technology or gave her any praise. Yeah. That seems common for a lot of people. Oh, it makes me so mad at him. (laughs) You get good or bad. Some that seems to be it. We kind of, in the group home suggested they're like, you know, they don't get, she doesn't like him. So if you have one in mind, I would switch her. So we just automatically switched her to one that we love, that Aubrey Mm -hmm. love them. And uh, so we've gotten her a CGM. She's doing MDIs, which I'm, she was on board when it was going to be the Omnipod, but her state insurance won't cover the Omnipod. So we kind of switched gears. And I'm like, well, what about the T-Slim? And now she doesn't want to do it. So I'm not sure why. I'm not sure. And I've told her this, so I can tell you, I think it's a little bit of a control thing. There's a lot of unfamiliar stuff going on right now yeah. and a lot of change. So this is familiar. Doing shots is familiar and she's doing fine with it. So why, why yeah. rock the boat? I mean, so, I would start with a CGM in this situation anyway. Oh, so. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, That was my first thing. Right. Yeah. She'll figure out what she wants to do next. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we've let that go. And even her doctor's like, I'm going to push you a little bit for the CGM, but if you're getting insulin in you and it's going well and her, her A1C isn't crazy through the roof. The group home did a fairly good job at managing Mm -hmm. um, her sugars, but they kept her on a pretty low carb diet as well, which I know Jazzy didn't like. So we're trying to like figure out the new way of doing this, but it's just, it's a new mindset too. Like she came home one time from a visit with mom and said something. I'm like, well, you're coming home from mom's really high. How can we, how can I help you figure that out? She's like, since when am I high? And her numbers were 250 and 300. And I'm like, you don't think that's high? Like her whole mindset. Yeah. Is, is it's been trained by other people. And and now I'm trying to, no, 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 that's super high. Like, wait till she gets to, wait till you, wait till you help her kind of bring it into a, a, a more reasonable range. She's going to feel, she's going to feel differently. She's going to be excited, you know? Well, she has such a poor immune system and she's already had neuropathy. She's, she's been hospitalized, I believe in DKA 11 times yeah. prior to the state. She was removed only because of diabetes. There's no. no, there's nothing else. It's because she kept ending up hospitalized with diabetes. I see. Um, her mom still has brothers. She still has brothers that mom is raising. So it's not a bad home. She's not a bad mom. Right. She'll be the first one to tell you my mom is a good mom. She just couldn't just figure the diabetes out. Couldn't figure it out. And I think if there's a language thing that makes it harder. Um, yeah. And things like that. So she'd be the first one to defend her mom. Um, and so I will do that for her. She's not a bad mom. She just couldn't figure this out. And Jazzy kept ending up in the hospital. And the state's like, we, we, you can't do this. Like, she's going to die. Right. right. Um, so she's at least, at least, yeah. yeah at least been in one coma like it's been bad isn't so, it funny how she was in a situation that was so crazy that between 250 and 300 it seemed really like a, an, a, an incredible improvement oh yeah yeah. you should have seen it when I said that that was high she looked at me like I had three heads yeah, I'm like, like lady 500 is high that's <laughs> right, what puts you in the hospital exactly. right 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 and I'm like this is high and, I, and I've had to kind of back off I don't want her thinking I'm hounding her all the time of course I, I don't want her feeling like I've moved you in here to fix this. Like, that's not why we brought her here. Yeah. Like, we really feel like she's supposed to be here. And I think at some point, I think at some point she'll change it. Or she'll decide to let us adopt her. Um, so I don't want to form a relationship around, I'm fixing your diabetes. Because um, that's not it. We love Jazzy. Sure. We want her here long term. Yeah, the narrative is, the narrative is complete and encompassing. And then she gets to decide from there, you know, what that means moving forward. I mean, who knows, right? She could pop up six months from now and be like, hey, I know how to keep my blood sugar at 120 now all the time, so I'm going to go home now. And yep. you're like, and that could happen as easily as she could say, I've fallen in love with you guys and I want to stay here or anything in between that, you, you know? And yep. I, it's really wonderful of you, by the way, to give of yourself like that, knowing that it could possibly go the other way because that'll hurt if she leaves. And, it will. Yeah. And we've, and we've told her, like, whether you move back in with mom or not, but no matter what you decide, like, we hope we'll still be your people. I hope you'll still let me manage diabetes if mom isn't understanding it or take you to appointments or be at your wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's what we are to you, that's great. Right. So it is hard. But you have more, you have more for her if she wants it. 
Yes, yeah. exactly. We've told her over and over again, and everybody would like her to choose adoption, but it's a lot of pressure. She's known us for six months. Yeah. So once more time, we understand that. I wouldn't let you pick my takeout at this point, you know. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Know, she, we're she we're still new well people. Right, right. Yeah. No. I well, again, amazing because it's a it's a different it's a different gear you have to allow yourself to be open to the idea of being hurt or helping someone that, you know, may not want it or may not you know, may not stick around or all the things that could possibly variably happen to open your heart up like that is uh, it's dangerous. And we've only done it with this one kid. We got licensed for her. So the people who do this foster care thing all the time on a rotating basis, I have friends who do, I actually a whole new respect. Whole new level of respect since I've been doing this with one kid. And we really don't tend to open our house up to more. We have five kids. Right. Um I I, I yeah, the people it's who do this they it is special. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We've learned a lot. <laughs> I mean, I don't usually just say that at the end, but we've, we've, we, there was a lot in there. I would need to ask you if we didn't talk about anything that you were hoping we would talk about. Um, no, I don't think so. Good. I was going to say, Hey, actually, Go ahead. so you, I hear all the time on this, um, talking to people, they're like, Oh, our endo wouldn't let us, or insurance wouldn't let us get a pump for six months. Right. Mm -hmm. We found a loophole and it may not work for everybody, but we got Aubrey a pump. So they had a six month rule within three months, I think. And it may not work for everybody, but we did the Medtronic 30 day trial. That was the first pump we heard about did the 30 day trial. Mm -hmm. And when we went to go get the T slim, um, they're like, Oh, you have to wait six months and we're like but she's already been on a pump for 30 days they're like oh well then you're familiar with pumps okay and they just let us get it isn't that silly i don't know if that would work for everybody i'm not promising it will but it's worth it well i, I will give my advice on the subject i think you should stand in front of your endocrinologist and say to them write the prescription for the pump right please um i'm getting a pump i appreciate that you have a static rule uh, I don't think it applies to our situation. We'll be fine. I, you know, please don't worry. Give me the prescription and then stare at them. It's like when you're trying to get a car at a cheaper price. You don't, in any negotiation I want to share, after the ask is made, whoever speaks first loses. So <laughs> all you have to do is say, we want to pump now. We're not willing to leave here without the prescription. And then have the nerve not to talk again until the doctor talks. Because when the doctor talks, they're going to go, okay. Because, <laughs> because what else are they going to say? You know, right. it's, it's, you just have to, you just have to be a little, a little steadfast, you know. People that aren't able to get it because they're endo or because they're insurance. Because for us, the endo would have written it. It was the insurance that wasn't going to cover it. So people that, that have an insurance problem, that's different. The endo could then probably write you a letter of medical necessity that would get them around that rule. And if they don't know about that, they could spend five minutes figuring it out and help. Yeah, see, we didn't know that. Right. But, if, but you have to be careful that in a lot of practices, they just have this arbitrary time. And you don't get a pump until, you know, some date on the clock. Which, by the way... At the very beginning of this episode, you talked about um, the idea that like somebody told you it takes like two years to get comfortable with a mixed family. And then when that didn't happen, you were like, oh my God, what happened? I got to two years. And that's just an arbitrary number someone spoke. It is. You know? yeah. yeah. And I had, I had clung to that. I was like, supposed to be better by now. What is happening? <laughs> I did the same thing with diabetes. I, I randomly assumed it would take a year for me to understand diabetes. And on the day, I'm not even kidding. On the day of the year, I was like, I don't feel any better. <laughs> I don't understand. Because somebody put that in your head, and then you call. I, I, I really did. I was like, because I, I don't like conflict. This is uncomfortable. So two years in, this is supposed to end. Yeah. It didn't. So, yeah, no, I feel like it wasn't, I mean, for them, it worked in two years. That was fine. But I shouldn't have taken it to heart so much. Well, good for you, by the way, too, because I remember being newly married, and there was already a lot going on there. If you would have thrown something huge like this into the mix, I don't know how, how I would have handled that exactly, you know? Yeah. yeah. I know. I look back, and I'm like, wow, that was kind of chaos. Yeah. You're trying to adopt at the same time, <laughs> like as, as the custody battles. And, wait, nothing Matt and I do is easy. Like even our adoption stories are crazy. None yeah. of our stories are normal. Yeah, I will say this. I find, I find about being married that when you have a common enemy, it's much easier. <laughs> because I always find when my wife and I don't have a common foe, then we look at each other and I'm like, huh. I wonder how we could fix each other. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, let's <laughs> let's focus on this over here. We can gang up on that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, right. Then we're on the same side. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. Jeannie, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing. This is one of the more interesting stories I think that is, that's ever been on the podcast. So thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. And it was, I mean, fun talking to you. We actually briefly met you when you were here in Phoenix. So, um, was I delightful? You were very delightful. Yeah. We were in your class at the, um, what's the thing you just, you were just here for it. Okay. So I came out to the type one nation event in Arizona. Yes. And Aubrey, Aubrey and I were there. I did a panel with a, a couple of uh, nurse practitioners and someone from the JDRF. Then I did my own bold with insulin thing in a slightly smaller room where a woman would have made you mm-hmm. yell bold with insulin into a camera. That was not my idea. Yeah, yeah, we, we were in there. We, how did I do in there? Be honest. Oh, you did great. Oh, thank you. Did you it, did great. Did it actually move you forward? Did, did having all that information in kind of a compressed time and hearing me say it in slightly different ways, was it valuable? So a lot of the stuff you said I had heard because I listened to the podcast. Okay. But Aubrey hasn't listened to all your podcasts. She is not even close. So it was really beneficial for Aubrey. Good. And I could like poke her and be like, yeah, I've been telling you he says that. Like, <laughs> So tell me something because I'm terrible at this. Did we actually shake hands and say hello? Briefly. Very briefly. No, they yank you around. I get You get drugged from room to room. Oh, I know. You were so. had a lot of people waiting to talk to you. So I just briefly said, hi, I'm, you're interviewing me next month. So I'll talk to you later. And you're like, okay, talk to you later. I remember that. That's yeah. <laughs> I wish people knew, like I flew in the night before they take you to a dinner. You, now you're in a suit kind of like, you know, just wandering around meeting people and then you have to say something and then they whisk you back to the hotel and you have to go to sleep because you have to get up incredibly early in the morning. I think I spoke three times in a, under a six hour period. And then when my, were you there at lunch when I spoke then or had you left by then? Yep. No, we were still there. Okay. Yep. So I spoke at lunch. They took me off the stage. I grabbed my bag. Literally, they jammed me in a car, drove me right to the airport, and dumped me out at the departure thing. Yeah. And, and so I was just, by the time I sat down on the plane, I was like, oh, my God, my head's spinning. So Right. I, I, and I, I think you had mentioned on Instagram or something, it's going to be a whirlwind trip. I, don't, I can't hang around very long. So I knew you weren't going to, I knew it was a quick trip. So I didn't expect yeah. to, like have a, a long conversation. I told them to, I told them to ask me back. I said, I, I really, I hate running out like that. Like I, I really do. I always try to make sure that isn't the case, but my son's birthday and his very first college baseball game was the next day. Oh, and fun. So, yeah. So I was running back home for that. Yeah. Um, no, the whole event was great. I've never done anything like that before. And, um, I, we both really enjoyed it and we'll do another one. Did they do, do a again. nice job? I thought, I thought very nice. I had been to one that I think of as the, sort of the crown jewel of these things at Southwest uh, Ohio. Mm-hmm. They do an amazing job, but I thought Arizona did did a, a really splendid job. It was laid out well, paced well. Um, you know, it was it was really great. You know, yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to do another one. By the time this comes out, I might have done it already, so it won't be worth mentioning. Yeah, but nice. Okay. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thank you to Dexcom, Dancing for Diabetes, and Omnipod for sponsoring the Juicebox podcast. Please go to Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox, MyOmnipod.com forward slash Juicebox, or Dancing, the number four, Diabetes.com to support the sponsors. Those links are available, you know, when you type them in at JuiceboxPodcast.com or right there in the show notes of your podcast app. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you on Friday with another episode of Ask Scott and Jenny. Actually, I think I might do a defining diabetes this Friday. I think it's going to be a defining diabetes. Hmm. I don't know. And now I feel like I shouldn't have said anything. I'm panicking. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to...